my God. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. So we're sports up. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Ben Lewis. Speaking to you after the Raptors finally snap their six-game losing streak. It was so painful to see them continue to slide. And this game was not easy either, even though I didn't think the Knicks played that great. Uh, they still, you know, made it tough at the end until they made it quite easy at the end, actually. But the Toronto Raptors finally get a win. Get a win on the road, no less. They're the only their fourth win on the road. Uh, it is literally the week of Christmas, and they have four wins on the road. But who cares? The Raptors win one thirteen to one hundred six in the Garden. Um, yeah, as you could tell by my voice, very elated. Um, definitely feeling a lot of relief. Felt a lot of frustration over the course of that game because the Raptors were in control, were playing well. But you just didn't know. You just really didn't know what was going to happen with this team because of the fact that they had some truly, truly inconsistent moments. However, across all those moments, whenever they needed something, they turned to Pascal Siakam, who had, this is without exaggeration, one of the greatest games ever in a Raptors uniform. 52 points in the garden with nine rebounds, seven assists, right? Um, You know, one of only, I think, five Raptors to have 50-plus in a game, joining Vince, you know, joining DeMar, joining uh, Fred, who actually has a franchise record still, I think, with 54 back when he hit 11 threes against against Orlando Magic, back when the Raptors could beat the Magic. But no negativity in this podcast. No negativity. Pascal was so good. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, this is the kind of performance that is going to be noticed in the South, right? It's going to be noticed on ESPN. You can't not show the highlights. You can't not talk about it the day after our first take when it is somebody coming into the garden and doing that. 52 points, almost a triple-double as well. How many times did the Pascal kick out for to guys for threes and they weren't able to make it? But again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative one in this game um, because Pascal Siakam was that good. And I got to say, a good team effort by the Raptors. A lot of other guys contributing to this one. The Raptors bench really came up huge. I know they only got 12 total bench points, but that actually, first off, outscored New York's bench. Second of all, Raptors bench came in and played great defensively. Really was able to just operate around Pascal, play defense, you know, and just do a good enough job, you know. Um, Big shouts to OG Anobi with his defense towards the end there was really, really key. I thought early in the game it was actually kind of strange watching Randall slip by him for drives, but come on. Uh, OJ Anobi, when it counts, you know defensively he's going to deliver for you. And even though I'm looking at the stat sheet now, zero steals for OJ Anobi, his defense of this one was excellent, and he was still forcing turnovers. I think of several key plays where OG was the one creating the stop in a live ball scenario for the Raptors to go the other way. And then Fred Vliet who had a very shaky stretch there at the end of the four, at the end of the fourth quarter where it was like a pull up three and an air ball, a driving layup and it hits the underside of the rim, you know, a, a baseline drive and it's an air ball. Like it, it, you know, a lot of that stuff was happening during one or two possessions and it was frustrating to watch, but on the whole 28 points in 40 minutes, he delivered for you as well. And of course a big, big three to get the Raptors separation, pushing it from a one point lead to a three, uh, four point lead. And that's where your top three combined for you, right? That's where you had OJ Anobi getting the stop on Julius Randle and not just doing that, but then jumping out of bounds, saving the ball back inbounds no, to no one in particular, which was a bit of a dangerous play. But Pascal Siakam, as he did all night, was in the right spot, dug out the ball, pushed the break, you know, found Fred. And even though Fred wasn't necessarily shooting the most efficient, probably overall from the field, 
still had the audacity to take that three. And to be honest, it was the right three. Like, it was an open transition three for a good three-point shooter. Absolutely, you take that. doesn't even matter what his percentages were at that time. And he knocks it down. Four of ten from three, you'll happily take that from Fred. If he hit four of ten in the game against the Sixers, we're talking about the Raptors on a two-game win streak. However, you know what? We can build off of this. You see the celebrations. Uh, You know what? Gary, Precious. Scotty coming over to pour water on Pascal after the game in the post-game interview. You love to see that, right? You love to see some actual positivity with this group, show some chemistry, show some fight. And you know what? This was not an easy win. The Knicks were winners of seven straight. They had just beaten the Golden State Warriors, who had just destroyed the Toronto Raptors. This was not easy. You go out on the road. You've seen how bad the Raptors have been on the road. Can you get this done? And Pascal Siakam, the last two nights, has said, whatever it is with the team, I don't care who's struggling, I don't care who's injured, I don't care who's getting minutes, who's not getting minutes, forget all that stuff. There's no excuses. When the when the, when the the leader of the team goes out the previous night, gives you, what, 38 points and 15 rebounds, and then tonight he gives you 52 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, we're talking about a guy who has 90 points in his last two games. You understand that? 90 points. And it doesn't matter if other guys aren't performing. It doesn't matter if Scotty's shooting one of 10 from the field and having a really tough game off defensively as well. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if OJ Anobi's not necessarily hitting his catch and shoot threes the way he wants to this season. Doesn't matter if Fred goes through a stretch where he's, you know, not really scoring much. Doesn't really matter if, if Pascal's out there with the bench and no one else can score. Pascal is going to take over and do it for you guys. And eventually, you guys are going to follow and you guys are going to support it. And, and the performance tonight, Again, genuinely one of the best I've ever seen in a Raptor uniform. 18 trips to the free throw line, including several times in the fourth quarter when the Knicks were getting some momentum, when it was like, okay, you know what? The Raptors might be collapsing again. We've seen this formula all month, really, honestly. It's just been horror movies watching the Raptors play night after night, especially in crunch time. What do they do? Well, Pascal Siakam bailed them out in so many possessions there. To be honest, I would say the whistle also helped too. I'm sure the Knicks fans will probably complain. Although, by the way, the Raptors only shot 22 free throws as a team. So it was just the fact that they couldn't guard Pascal. It wasn't like, oh, the refs were giving the Raptors every call. No, they shot 22 free throws. That includes some intentional free throws at the end there too. So Free throws are actually very even because the Knicks only took 18. Knicks only have themselves to blame, 11 of 18 from the free throw line. But, yeah, what a performance. And I'm so hyped to see it because it was from start to finish with with Pascal. Like, it's just, I I think he's at the point now where he's looking at it like, this is not going to get done unless I do it. And it's not in in the way that it's like it's selfish because he's still making the right plays. He's still making the right kickout passes. He's still, you know, Look Look at the, the, the game-clinching play. It wasn't Pascal Jumper. It was Pascal digs in, in a loose uh, for a loose ball out of a crowd, pushes the break, and hits Fred Van Vliet, who, by the way, he could choose not to pass to Fred. Fred missed a whole bunch of shots in the fourth quarter, but he still trusts this guy, knocks it down, and that's the thing. But the effort, the drive that you want to see, Pascal is giving you that chance for everyone else to sort of rally around him. And if you don't, there's no excuse there's no excuse for not giving your all defensively when he can carry you offensively. There's no excuse for not making the right plays, for not knowing what the scheme is, for not going after the offensive rebounds. Because, look, if, if your top guys willing to work like that, it doesn't matter if the Raptors only make nine threes. It doesn't matter if, you know, other guys aren't necessarily scoring. It doesn't matter if you have an odd turnover here or there. He's going to carry you, right? And so 
it, yeah, I just love this performance from him. Like it was truly such a such a joy to watch. You know, Pascal kind of played within the flow of the offense at the start. Uh, I was a little curious to see how the Knicks would guard him. You know, they do have rim protectors in this team. They have Mitchell Robinson, who is a very, very good shot blocker, had three blocks in 25 minutes tonight. You know, uh, they don't necessarily have a great individual defensive matchup for Pascal, as we saw today. You know, whether it's Randall, whether it's Barrett, whether, I mean, whoever they were putting on him, it literally didn't matter. Um, So I thought that the Knicks would probably try to double team and force the ball out of his hands and force the Raptors to hit outside shots, which we obviously know the Raptors have struggled with this season. And the the Raptors did not shoot the three well tonight, by the way. Nine of 34 is 26% from the field. Uh, It just so happens that Fred was able to knock down that big, big, big three in transition there. But the Knicks didn't do that. The Knicks actually played Pascal in single coverage, and they've learned their lesson. Well, actually, I hope they haven't learned their lesson. But to be honest, the next time they're out to see New York, I think I'm going to see something different from Tom Thibodeau. But nevertheless, Pascal was in single coverage, and he got into a rhythm early. The stuff that you normally see, right, like a step-back jumper playing one-on-one at the free-throw line, um, you know, a a put-back here, a spin move around Julius Randle for a layup, uh, you know, a pick-and-pop three at the top. You know, stuff that's comfortably within his sort of skill set. He's going to do that on a consistent basis for you. Gets into all his spots. But I thought when the turnover, when the takeover started for Pascal was in the second quarter, he was tremendous. First off, it was Pascal with several bench players. And so the the key there was Pascal was probably the only offensive generator. The second guy I would say would be Malachi who isn't necessarily an offensive generator. He's more trying to play off the ball catch and shoot or maybe attack it off a uh, you know off on, on the catch and attack a closeout kind of deal right but it's not necessarily uh he's generating the, the actual advantage in the first place the only one who generates advantage is pascal and i was surprised because the Knicks again didn't double team pascal and so pascal just got going he, he first off he just got scoring with his own uh you know uh creation you know he was able to get downhill finish a layup over Isaiah Hardenstein. That's the opposing center. So finishing with a bigger player, then a turnaround jumper, then an offensive rebound where he goes into a crowd and gets an and one. Then, a you know, Pascal in the next play rips down the defensive rebound, takes it end to end for a layup, gets fouled. Then Pascal in the mid range, step back, finish. Then Christian Coloco with a nice block, Pascal rebounds. Pascal pushes the ball, finds Malachi for three, actually very similar to the OG Fred Pascal sequence. This time it was in the second quarter with Coloco and Malachi instead. Then Pascal mid-range jumper against drop coverage. Like, what are Knicks players doing at this point? How are you dropping against a guy who's hitting every single shot? I don't know, but, you know, honestly, who cares? All right, let, let's just keep this going. But he was cooking these guys, you know, late shot clock, Pascal has to create something, blows right past Julius Randle. I thought Pascal was so quick today. Uh, I don't know what the extra energy in his, or the extra pep in his step, but he was just blowing by guys. Like He didn't necessarily even need a screen. He didn't need a, a play. He just needed to sort of rip through and then just go. And, and he was able to get past Randle to the rim for a layup, late shot clock. Like You're telling me that a guy in a late shot clock scenario is able to take it from the three-point line to the rim, past the defender who's in position, before the help gets to you in that time. That's real talent. How many players in the league can do that? Then Pascal Siakam hitting pull-up threes as well. Then you got Pascal Siakam coming in and and feeding, you know, Scotty Barnes on a roll to the basket for finish. He did everything in that uh, in that second quarter. And he found OG Anobi for three in the corner. Like, it's, it's truly 
truly a, a great performance. And because of that, the Raptors were able to build a double-digit lead heading into halftime. Now, what's been the thing with the Raptors this year, Eric? It's it's well, first off, it's been many things, so that's that's kind of a weird question. But the one of the main issues for the Raptors is that they drop off in intensity in the third quarter. Now, I know that I and along other people have sometimes hypothesized, well, you know, the, the energy in the building's not great, you know, blah, blah, blah. Rich people not getting back to their seats, right? You know what? Shouldn't be a problem in, in, in MSG, right? Because it should be on the road. Well, guess what? The Raptors come out third quarter flat. Knicks immediately go on a run, right? Knicks hit a three. Then Julius Randle gets downhill against OG for a layup, which is weird. Again, I think OG should do a better job defensively there. Then RJ gets downhill against Pascal Siakam for a floater. So Pascal's not, in, you know, uh, impervious to mistakes. You know, he was involved in that too. Then Scotty Barnes fades for an air ball which was just very strange. Then Fred takes a bad shot, which was not that strange. Fred's been very prone to doing that. Uh, then Jalen Brunson gets past Scotty at the point of attack, uh, gets into the paint, forces the help to step up, kicks into the corner, and Emmanuel quickly knocks down a three, right? Then next play down, the Raptors don't get a good shot. The Knicks push in transition, extra pass into the corner, quickly knocks down a three from the exact same spot. It's a 13-2 to two push for the New York Knicks in the first three minutes coming out of half and the Raptors who had played so well for the first half with a 10 point advantage immediately see that evaporate and now the Knicks take the lead now the garden's going nuts now Nick Nurse has to take a timeout okay so what do the Raptors do right so first off they come out of the timeout they're actually quite lucky to get this but Fred was able to knock down a step back three contested at that timeout, but it wasn't a great play. I actually thought he could have hit Juancho in the corner for for the three with a better look, but instead Fred knocks it down, so I guess you can't complain, but to be honest, a bit of a lucky kind of scenario there. Uh, Then the mistakes continue in the row. OG allows Randall again to go past him to get to his left hand, and Randall gets in for a layup. Randall, by the way, had 30 points. He just couldn't make a one-foot layup at the end there. I don't know what happened there. But OG Anobi's able to make another tough shot, turnaround jumper, this time over Mitchell Robinson. Not easy. That's a seven-footer with a real ability to jump and contest, and OG is able to knock that down. Um, and then, again, you, just, you still start to see more inconsistency, right? Fred is in transition, right? He had Scotty running as a trailer, doesn't find scotty for some reason goes up for the layup so that's a bad read by fred he should have passed it he should have dumped it to scotty uh he misses the layup and then going the other way the raptors foul rj because fred comes over to double and whatever rj might have made the shot if he came over if he didn't come over the double but still you foul rj on the double he goes to the free throw line knocks down both then fred tries to play a two-man game with scotty tries to go give and go scotty throws the ball to him fred just didn't catch the ball clean, so he couldn't get the ball back to Scotty, who was then cutting down the lane, who would have had a layup. And instead, the Knicks go the other way, and they score, right? So at this point, it's like, yo, what is going on? Please, like, please just get back into this game. Do not waste this strong start by the team. Pascal's clearly got it going. Why is he not touching the ball? Notice I'm not talking about Pascal in any of these plays, right? Why are you not getting the ball back to him, right? But still... They continue to make mistakes. Scotty misses a wide open three. Right, the Raptors tip it out. Wancho misses a wide open three. Then Scotty Barnes drives, misses it. He he, you know. But the Raptors tip out again. Then Pascal misses a wide open three, and then going the other way, the Knicks go back to quickly once again in the corner for three. And at this point, it's looking like I can't believe this is happening to the Raptors again. The the mistakes. Are, are are mental they're sort of self-imposed but also at the same time you just got to get 
through this, right? If you're ever going to get back to winning basketball, you need to get through some of these things. You cannot tank in the third quarter all the time. You cannot come out of the game slowly in the first quarter all the time. This time they didn't do that, right? I thought Wancho gave them a great push offensively or in terms of his energy at the start of the game. I think obviously Pascal and, and guys were playing well, so there wasn't as issue. But that third quarter, you know, teams will eventually come back, and the Knicks are a good team, especially because they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. What are you going to do and respond? And you know what? It was Pascal because I'm looking at my notes right now. It's Pascal Siakam not starting a mid-range jumper. It's uh, Pascal Siakam gets drived, uh, gets fouled on the drive. Should be an and one because there was no continuation on that play, but he's able to knock down the free throws. Then Pascal drives, gets fouled, right? And then this point, the Raptors switch back to zone. So I thought the Raptors actually played zone a little bit too conservatively in this game. They looked like they were mostly playing zone when Malachi was on the floor, when the bench was on the floor, when Malachi and Fred were on the floor. And look, the zone for the Raptors is 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 a good look for other teams who are coming in and trying to attack middle, who like who have downhill guards like Jalen Brunson, who are very tough to guard, who have, you know, Randall, who is obviously looking to drive, and then RJ Barry who's looking to drive. Makes perfect sense to zone them, especially when you have smaller guards who you have to necess- you you can't always expect them to contain their match at one-on-one and you definitely can't expect them to contest shots in the paint so you got to show them a wall on the perimeter in the first place draw extra and bring extra guys at the basket and really take away the paint and so the Raptors went to that zone and I thought that really helped them plus the fact that Pascal splits two defenders goes in for a floating finish then Pascal uh <laughs> off of off a rebound um you know for the defensive rebound he gets to the other side two for one drive an opportunity in terms of getting two shots for one in about a 35-second range, drives all the way to the basket and finishes and one with a beautiful step through and and gets that first part of the two-for-ones, right? So right now he's one-for-one. Then OJ Anobi forces a long pass uh, over top of his, you know, seven-foot-two wingspan. The ball rolls out the other way, so the Knicks turn it over. Again, the Knicks had a lot of issues playing against zone, and then this created the stop for Pascal at the end of the game. Uh, at the end of the third, he's dribbling around. He's honestly just toying with his guy. This is not a highlight you'll see in any highlight packs. You're not going to see this play again unless you really go back and look at the third quarter there. But Pascal, at the end of the quarter there, he has a full shot clock. He has the ball by himself out top. No one's coming, right? It's just him, and and I don't even know which Nick defender was on an island. It didn't even matter. And about 10 seconds left, Pascal just made a fake drive just to go forward. And you should have seen the guy's legs. The Knicks defender literally almost tripped over himself trying to backpedal. That's how much fear was in their heart. And then eventually, Pascal does make his move, obviously having seen already and tested the fact that the defender can't keep up with them. Pascal drives. The help tries to come. They actually foul him pretty hard. He goes to the free throw line, makes another two free throws. And at this point, the Raptors turn what what was a really, really bad start, 13-2 to for the Knicks to start the game in the third quarter and they actually turn it around what what turned it around was their zone defense right what turned it around was pascal siakam again just taking this team by the scruff of the neck and saying you are not losing again you are not wasting another beautiful performance by me we're gonna get this done however and this was the key pivotal stretch here when the raptors started the fourth quarter were they gonna play pascal siakam because Pascal was already playing a quite a bit. However, you know, are you going to give him a bit of a breather? Are you going to give him something of a rest? 
before you you sub him back into the game or you just going to ride it out. To be honest, if I was Nick Nurse, I would have just wrote it out. I'm too nervous about the way the Raptors are playing right now. I need Pascal Siakam on the floor with me at all times, and I'm going to ride until the wheels come off. However, with Nick Nurse, he was like, look, we just did this in, in Philly, right? If you look at the game logs from that one, in the second half, Pascal Siakam played, I think, 10 minutes and 30 seconds, and then he played all of overtime. Right. And and eventually you do lose some legs as the game goes and he missed some jumpers. So Nick says, I'm going to rest Pascal. I'm going to trust my guys. However, I'm going to trust my guys with one condition. I'm going to put my next two best players on the floor. Fred Van Vliet, OJ Anobi, you guys are on the floor. Start the fourth quarter. You guys probably will have to play the majority of the quarter, if not all of the quarter in the fourth. So you guys are in for tough minutes. However, I need to buy my top guys some minutes. I'm going to put two and three out there. And listen, when it's those guys on the floor, I'm going to give you Malachi as another off-ball shooter because that's all we got right now. We're going to bring in uh, Thad Young, uh, and, and and you guys are just – and then I guess Chris Boucher is going to be in that mix as well just for some energy and rebounding. But you guys, Fred Van Vliet and OJ Anobi, you guys are the ones responsible for doing this. You guys are going to run nothing else but two-man action at the top of the floor, okay? Just pretend OJ Anobi is Pascal Siakam. Fred, just continue to be Fred and just see what you guys can do. And at the start of that, was looking a little shaky, okay? A uh, bit of an overhelp, you know, on RJ, uh, you know, and uh, McBride gets a three. Okay, so I was like, all right, that's, that's annoying. Then, o- then OG misses a wide open three, and then Derrick Rose comes back with a runner. And so all of a sudden, you're down to like a one possession lead again. But uh, Thad Young comes in with a tip in off an OG missed driving layup, but OG brought two defenders to him. Thad was able to tip it in. Then Thad steals the ball in the middle of the zone, kicks it to Fred, who's able to score in transition. Then you got... OG and Fred pick and roll. Fred finds um, OG against the switch with uh, Fred's man as a point guard against OG. OG is able to knock down the jumper over top of the smaller defender. Then Thad steals in the zone again to create another turnover. Then uh, what I thought was the best play that that bench unit was able to bring for you was OG and Obi got in the post, attacked the smaller guy. And instead of being static in the post and waiting for the help to come to him, he did see the help was coming to him, and he made a proactive move, drove baseline, one hard dribble, kicked it to the opposite corner, and it was Malachi Flynn there for three. And that knocked it down, and that gave them such a huge boost. You're not looking at a situation where, you know what, Pascal didn't play, but we actually survived, and we actually pushed the lead a little bit, right? We're still up eight, nine points, and now we've given him five, six minutes or, or three, four minutes here to sit and really get yourself a chance. And so Nick Nurse, after that timeout, still doesn't bring in Pascal after the Knicks call timeout, I mean. And that's where it started to like, okay, how long can you really do this for? Because Chris Boucher airballs a three. And it, to be honest, he shouldn't have even taken that shot. Then Fred misses a three. Then OG misses a putback, right? And now it's like, okay, let's bring in Pascal. And at the start of it, it was strange because, you know, they didn't even – um go to Pascal first play out of that timeout when they got Pascal back in the game. Instead, they went to a Fred pick and roll uh, who ends up driving along the baseline, missing the shot, and then the the Raptors then have to guard in transition, and Scotty Barnes doesn't pick up Julius Randle, who goes in for an uncontested finger roll layup, okay? Um, And then Pascal was able to at least come back and gets fouled on the drive and goes to the free throw line. However... The next play down, Scotty is the the base. Uh, he's on the corner shooter, which is quickly. Which, by the way, quickly has knocked down how many threes in this game, right? So you definitely want to stay on quickly. Instead, Scotty falls asleep. The kickout goes to quickly. Scotty has to 
jump and like flail his arms and legs up just to sort of at an attempt at getting back to, to erase the mistake quickly pump fake sidesteps knocks down a three right and then it was like okay that's really just focus there that's that's not anything else other than focus and the next play down the Raptors actually forced the first miss but scotty who's now guarding randall in this play doesn't box out randall and randall's able to score the putback and the reason scotty came back in was obviously because look he's one of your best players. He deserves a chance to at least correct some mistakes. Even though he hasn't played well in this game, even though he's one of 10 from the field and has made tons of defensive errors, you still got to show some faith, right? For Nick Nurse, it's like, look, even if I'm still going to try, at least give you a chance. And to be honest, I agree with that. Scotty does deserve a chance. He's such a good player, but he, you know what? Some games he doesn't have it. Today was one of those games, but still, you give him that chance. You don't disrespect him and say, I'm not going to play you at all in the fourth quarter. He gives him that chance, and he gives up the Randall layup, the Randall putback, and the quickly three. And this is in the span of like a minute. And so Nick Nurse calls the timeout. Boom, you're out of the game. OJ and Obi, you're back in the game. I know we try to buy you some 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 rest, but you got to go back in the game. And it made for a hairy finish. I'm not going to lie to you. Fred knocked down a pull-up three, which was great. But then he airballed his next pull-up three, which was not great. Then he drove to the basket, hit the underside of the rim, which was not great. You know, then the Raptors can't get the defensive rebound. Um, you know, a couple of plays don't really happen, but eventually the Raptors defensively in that zone were able to get it done. OG was able to make that huge play. Pascal was able to find Fred for three. Then, of course, even though the game was mostly in the Raptors' favor at that point, they still had a possession there in the Knicks where they had a chance to sort of cut it back down to to one possession game with still the ball coming back to them eventually. And Malachi, of all people, who, you know, you would not consider a defensive stopper, goes in and blocks Emmanuel cooking on a step back three. So Malachi played tough for you defensively. You trust the Malachi. And to be honest, the matchup was good, right? It's a, it was a good matchup to play both Malachi and Fred. Good job by Nick Nurse to choose to do that because of the fact that the Knicks were also playing two small guards, Quickly and Brunson. So those are actually like-size matchups. Most teams in the NBA don't have these small guards. But because they did, there were these matchups, and Malachi is able to get it for you. Randall misses, airballs a layup at the end. Pascal gets fouled uh, intentionally. Then Pascal uh, gets fouled on an and one, and that gets him his 51. He knocks down that one. He gets to the 52. And finally, the Raptors get this win. I mean, it was a long game. I might have recapped every single play that happened, basically, but... It, that's what it took. And listen, it's it's not easy to win this league. Um, I feel I feel like the Raptors obviously know that now. Um, they've probably already known that, especially if it's the older guys on the team who have obviously won the highest level. But it, it takes a lot to get it done, and a lot of guys stepped up. And I think I want to give them a little bit more praise on the other side of this break. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a quick break. You've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Staff. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wayne Malou. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors. 113-106 win over the New York Knicks. I got to say, it just takes a six-game losing streak uh, to, to truly make you feel great about a win over the Knicks because there were years there for the Raptors where I, I, I think there was like a four-year stretch. I didn't check me if I'm wrong on this, but I think there's like a four-year stretch where the Raptors beat the Knicks every year. Like swept them. I mean, it's not saying a lot, I mean, over the Knicks. But, like, wow, it feels good to beat the Knicks. Um, 
Yeah, definitely needed something to 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 wash out that uh, six game losing streak. And again, I, I think this is one of those wins where so many guys contributed. Uh, I think that you could look at the box score for some of these guys, and it might look like they didn't really have a big contribution. But I really liked what they did. You know, I thought first off, Wancho, you know, love the way he's playing with the starting group. Um, when you think about guys who are sacrificing for the team. And I'm not here saying that, like, oh, if Wancho had his way, he'd be scoring 20 points on this stuff. No, I just mean, like, Wancho doesn't care about anything other than getting into the win, right? Oh, you know what the Raptors did at the start of the game? Nick Thur said, here's a real curveball. I'm going to open the game in a box and one. When do you ever see that from any coach? I'm going to open the game in a box and one. And guess who the one was? Wancho. He said, I want to play a box on Wancho defense. And and Wancho was the defender on Jalen Brunson. Why? Because it was very important to cut the head off the snake. You stop the opposing point guard, the one who's changed all this for the Knicks this season, it changes everything. Brunson, 3 of 14 tonight. Still had 12 assists, but 5 turnovers. For a guy who's low turnover, pretty, pretty good. Wancho is able to do that for you. He's able to do the dirty work. He's able to get on the glass for the tap outs. He's able to, you know, cut in behind and run in transition. And, you know, honestly, a lot of times Raptors have Wancho open in the corners. They don't find him. I I mean, to be honest, whatever. It's not like he's like that good of a shooter, but still, I I generally would like to see team play, you know, rewarded and, and find him a little bit more often, but love the way he's playing. I like the fact that Nick Nurse has started him. It's not the intuitive pick to start. Because of the fact that you look at the other guys on the roster and they put up bigger numbers, but Wancho's the guy who fits for you right now. You need somebody in that starting group to sacrifice. You know how many shots Pascal's going to take because he's the guy who generates the most advantages. You know, Fred's going to take a lot of shots. To be honest, he could probably take a few less. But still, you know that there are going to be high usage guys in the starting group. Who's going to sacrifice? Wancho's going to do that for you. So I thought he really set the tone for the Raptors in terms of those supporting guys. Then Thad Young, is your Wancho off the bench? Same kind of deal. Tap outs, get the you know tough defensive you know rebounding, you know in, in the zone. There, you need somebody in the back line who's communicating well. And listen, the zone is there to help Thad as much as it is there to to, to do anything else. However, Thad's also there to help the zone because he's able to communicate. How many times did he steal the ball in those live actions? To be honest, the Knicks were not playing great. You know offense against the zone however Thad Young was still there to sort of pick off those passes he did a great job for you you just obviously wish he could knock down a corner three when he's wide open or you wish he can sort of finish a couple more layups but it doesn't really matter right the point is how do you support the team defensively Thad Young supported the team he made some extra passes as well didn't even have the ball that much today either you didn't see a lot of stuff where Thad's running it in the post but guess what that's because Pascal was in the post the whole game so you don't you don't necessarily need to see that happen right um I, I thought Christian Coloco in this six minutes, decent, pretty decent. Didn't harm the play, was able to, you know, uh, contest shots. The other game against Philly, that was his first DMP of the entire season. You know, uh, Christian had been the only guy all season to play every single game for the Toronto Raptors, you know, and, and because obviously he hasn't been performing, they didn't play him. Okay. But the next game, how does he respond? Comes in, is solid, blocks a shot for you. That sparked a fast break for the Raptors score the other way. You know what? Didn't play in the second half, but okay, I get it, right? He, he he did a good job. I wouldn't even mind it if he played the second half. He was a plus seven in six minutes. Awesome stuff. And then Malachi, been really enjoying the Malachi renaissance of late. I really, really been enjoying him. I feel like we all owe Malachi an apology, myself included. I didn't see the role for Malachi on this team because of the way the Raptors wanted to play. All the, you know, six eight, six nine guys. Do you want to play a small guard? Can he play alongside of Fred? And by the way, 
Malachi played 26 minutes, Pred played 40. That means they played 16 minutes on the floor tonight together. So, like, you know, are you able to survive those minutes? Right? Are you able to to sort of get past that and find a way to be successful defensively? And we'll see. Honestly, you know, this is how the league works, right? They're going to scout you all the time. Scouting reports can come out. They're going to be like, oh, Nick's going to play these two guards. How are you going to attack those? They're probably going to play in zone. I'm going to attack that. And things will eventually change, right? And matchups will change, right? Not every team, like I said, will have two small guards on the floor at the same time like the Knicks do. But I thought Malachi competed. I thought he scrapped. He's been giving it his all. And in terms of professionalism, for a guy who doesn't play, like he literally had a stretch there where he was like four, like at a span of 10 games before Malachi finally got out of the doghouse and, and played a ton against Brooklyn, played a ton against uh, uh, some of those other games there, Philly, you know, um, before he got out of that, Malachi had a stretch of 10 games where he was four DNPs. And then the six games he played in all six games, he did not play more than six minutes in any of those performances. So he was buried deep. He saw Delano go in the game and, and Delano wasn't really giving some the consistency. So now it's Malachi's turn and he's, he's after this day, right? He's, he's, you could tell how desperate he is to play well. He's focused defensively for you. He's giving you what Nick Nurse always says about him. It's just like you want him to get in there and be a little bit more scrappy and give you a little bit more defensively. He's giving that to you, right? On top of the fact that he's able to knock down some shots for you. You don't have Gary in the lineup. It's a great excuse to bring another guard off the bench and not necessarily do what Gary does because we know Gary is a much better player than Malachi. But listen, if they eventually move on from Gary, you still need somebody to come in and do some guard things for you. Malachi has done that. And if this is his audition, I like what I'm seeing, right? It's not perfect. It's not, it's not fluid. It's, it's not always he's going to get his own shot. You know, sometimes I'm sure the size will be a, a mismatch, but 26 minutes today as, as the off ball guard, no turnovers to assist, knock down two threes, you know, what the game, I mean, not game clinching or game saving, but like a really important block in the last minute there. Cause you could easily foul a three point shooter. If you're going to jump with him, And he, he does that against the Knicks best three point shooter on the night quickly. We had six threes, beautiful stuff, right? Your supporting guys are playing roles around your main guys. And that's the whole thing. And of course, your main guys got to play like your main guys, right? Fred hasn't played like this all game, all season, right? How many games this season we've looked at it? It's like, I can't believe how poorly Fred shot. 10 of 24 is still not a good shooting percentage. Let's not, let's not kid about that. But 28 points on 24 shots is an acceptable amount from Fred. I would say 24 was still a little high in terms of the shot attempts, but you got to go through comb, you know, and, and comb through all the attempts. Maybe there were like five or six bad ones. And to be honest, that's a significant amount. We can cut those down. However, he was productive tonight in a way that was way, way, way better than what he did against Philly. So much better than what he did against Philly. If he even did half of this against Philly, the Raptors would have won the game. So you need your main guys to be consistent. But Pascal's consistent for you like 85% of the time, 90% of the time. You know, OG's been consistent for you defensively 100% of the time. Like, if it was possible to be more than 100% committed defensively, OG would be would be that. Okay, um, offensively, he sort of comes and goes a little bit, but still, you know, he's going to scrap and his defense is going to be game changing. You need Fred to be way, way, way better for you offensively on a way more consistent basis. Tonight, he did it. We, to be honest, Fred has been playing better of late, right? He had that blip against Philly, which was super costly. I'm not going to give him any sort of excuse for that. But ultimately, when you look at the last two weeks here, Fred's numbers are on the uptick. Hopefully, he's able to maintain that. 
most importantly with the threes. If the other aspects are, are pretty good too, like in terms of like, you know, the fact that he's able to scrap for some steals or the heavy hands or, you know, okay, he drove in and, and scooped in for a layup or got to the free throw line. The most important thing is I need Fred to hit threes. If I see four of 10 in the box score for three for Fred, that's how you know he's had a good game. And today he was able to knock that final one in for the shot. Now the question mark for me tonight is what was going on with Scotty Barnes? Because to be honest, when I'm looking through my notes, it, it, it's it's shocking some of the some of the things I have in here. Uh, Scotty misses two layups. It's like okay, people miss some layups. Scotty walks up to RJ, closing out for three instead of actually closing out with intent. And I'm not saying you got to jump off the line and do your little you know jumping jack that he did against quickly, which obviously didn't work either. But there's got to be some intensity to start the game. Hello, the game started. This team, this team's on a seven game win streak. You're on, you're in their building, and you're just going to slowly saunter out with, you know, like barely a hand up against RJ. Then the next trip down, Randall's in the post and faced up, and you know Randall loves face up post jumpers, and you don't have a hand up against that. Then Scotty Barnes takes a step back jumper and an air balls the shot five feet short. You know, like then he has. The, the strange play, which I just genuinely don't understand, where Scotty loves to like position way ahead of time against an oncoming driver as if he's going to charge, right? He's going to step in for the charge. He puts the hands together like he's taking a free kick in the wall. He's going to stand there. And then last second, he springs out of that and then puts his hands up or something. What is that move? Because RJ literally saw him and was like, oh, 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 you, you, you think you're going to step in for a charge? Well, I guess that means your feet are locked, which means, boom, I'm going to step around you Go to my preferred left hand and score a layup, and you're just going to look kind of silly taking a charge or faking a charge. Who pump fakes a charge? Like, what what, what defensive handbook has that in there, right? Then Scotty loses uh, Mitchell Robinson down low, literally seven-footer, right? Scotty's playing center in this in this matchup. He's a little low man. He's, he's looking at Jalen Brunson being like, okay, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And then, boom, you lost the seven-footer who's cutting behind you for a dunk, two hands. And there's no help for that. You just need to be able to touch his body at all times because of the fact that you need to know where he is because he's obviously way bigger than you and a lob threat, right? Then Fred, then then Scotty is super late on a uh, Jalen Brunson drive. And to be honest, even if he rotated over in time, you know what? He, Brunson could have still made the shot. He's a pretty tough shot maker, especially if you let him beat you at the point of attack. So that's more on Fred. But still, for Scotty, where is the help, right? That's what the Raptors always talk about, helping each other. Where was the help there? Super, super late. Then the Raptors actually have Brunson trapped in the corner, and they have him locked. Scotty's playing him uh, on the outside of his body, but he has him trapped. And instead, Scotty just puts two hands on Brunson, pushes him, and and fouls him. Now, this didn't resolve in free throws. I don't even know the Knicks like actually scored on the play. But my point is, you have him in a good spot. Where is the focus to not foul him with two hands he's not even in a dangerous spot you are in the advantage to spot offensive or defensively right why are you doing that and then after that he's he he, he throws up a three on a wide open driving kick from fred fred literally pulled everyone into the paint whipped it out to the top fred's or scotty's wide open scotty goes over the shot and it hits the backboard like to the point where you could hear the shot and it's like wow that all happened in the first quarter just the first quarter right the and and to me it's not like look listen I'm not saying that he needs to make all these plays. I'm not saying for a 21-year-old he needs to be excellent on the road. But you cannot come out on the road and have this. To me, the, the issue isn't talent. The issue is focus. When you don't come in and contest a shot, that's focus, right? When, when, you, when, you, when you like 
are losing a seven footer when you're the when you're guarding him. That's that's focus. When you're not coming over to rotate, that's focus, right? And so that's how he started the game. I didn't think he played really played well in the second quarter, but it was much less noticeable. And and by the way, he had a really really slick pass, pocket pass to Fred VanVleet, who was able to roll in for a layup. When do you ever see Fred VanVleet rolling for a layup? But still. Great pass from Scotty to really fake out the defense there. but And also Pascal found Scotty for a roll finish. That was Scotty's one basket of the game. So I didn't have any issues with that. Third quarter, to be honest, like yeah, Scotty took it and missed another air ball. You know, he missed a three. But again, I, I didn't think it was that big of an issue. I don't think it was much of Scotty's problem. But in the fourth quarter, that's where I'm like, okay, if you haven't really produced, right? And at this point, it was one of 10 offensively and defensively he hadn't really produced. Nick Nurse still shows him that trust, as I as I said he should, right? Scotty's way too talented to not get a chance to redeem himself. But you have to still redeem yourself because you if you don't have focus at the start of the game, I get it. But you're watching this super intense game. You're watching Pascal do everything. You're watching all these role players come in and give everything they can within their roles and to commit to help winning the team. And then you come in again with no focus and you don't pick up Randall for a layup, and you don't pick him Randall for a putback. You don't. You, you you're late quickly, and you 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 get beat for three. This is the fourth quarter, right? And so Nick Nurse was absolutely right to limit his minutes. And so again, I'm not trying to harp on a kid, but when you look at the pattern here on the road, the the road splits. When when you think about the Raptors having bad road splits, and this is not just on Scotty alone, but this is the one that's most telling. The one who has the biggest splits between their production on the road and the production at home is Scotty Barnes. Production at home for Scotty Barnes, you would think that he was winning Rookie of the Year again. He's played really well when he has played at home, right? He's averaging, let me get the stats up here. Scotty Barnes at home is your fourth leading scorer at 17.7 points per game, shooting 51% from the field, shooting 38% from three, which is awesome, you know, but doing well in terms of the other stats, because Scotty always likes to say, you know, it's it's about the other things that I do. And I, I agree, honestly, he's such a talented player. He does so many other things. 7.6 rebounds, 5.5 assists, got you a steal, got you a block, and the Raptors are good at home. When you go on the road, what are the splits? Now, look, listen, there are other guys who have some differences in their production, right? Like, you know, for example, Fred drops down too, and Fred's a vet, so there's no excuse there. But for Scotty, he goes down to seventh in scoring for you at 10.9 points per game on the road, shoots 36%. So we're going from 18 points to now 10 points. We're going from 50 plus percent shooting, which is efficient, to 36% overall from the field, 23% from, uh, from three. And look, again, it's not about necessarily the scoring for Scotty. It's also about what other things that he does. Why is the rebounding down to 5.7? Why are the assists down to four? Right? So I think there's got to be a way for him to sort of contribute on the road. And whatever reason that is, listen, as a young player, you got to figure out how to do these things. I'm curious. If I had more time on the show, I probably would look up his his last season's numbers. But, you know, that's the only thing for me is, like, you, can we get Scotty to join this? Because the rest of the team can play at a really high level. Scotty can play at a high level. My thing is, after a great win like this, how do we even improve? But listen, I'm out of time. In terms of your three stars tonight, Pascal Siakam, your first star, 52 points tonight, rebound, seven assists in 41 minutes. Your second star, I'm going to give out to OJ Anobi, 15 points, six rebounds and assists. I just love this defense in this one. Got you a block. Uh, but did a lot of other stuff. And then your third star, I'm going to give it to Fred. Made a big three. Also missed a couple key shots, but 28 points in 40 minutes as your second guy to Pascal. Those two guys give you 80 points. And he, Fred also gave you four assists and three steals. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that's going to go to uh, you know Emmanuel quickly, who knocked down six threes for 20 points. 
But uh, great win for the Toronto Raptors. Thanks to everyone for listening. Um, we'll be back on the airwaves on Thursday. I'm going to have Vivek in to, to recap this game and sort of talk about some of the themes that we talked about here. And uh, yeah, programming on actually, we're actually going to have no Raptor show on Friday. So that's going to be the last Raptor show before Christmas. But thanks everyone for listening. Happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe out there. Get your gifts ready. And uh, go watch that Pascal Siakam highlight video again. It's definitely worth uh, another rewatch. <laughs>